Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm Christina Carey, principal in the Hydrogen Struggles Washington, D.C. office and a member of the Technology and CHRO Practices. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Holly Courtright, Senior Vice President of People at Elucian, the provider of software and services for the higher education sector. Holly joined Elucian in 2013 after having spent six years as Senior Vice President of Human Resources at Dell Tech. And prior to Dell Tech, Holly was Vice President of Human Resources at Capital One Financial Corporation and held senior HR positions at Mobile Oil Corporation, Hay Group, and Anderson Consulting. Holly, welcome and thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Just to start out, you know, you've worked very closely with many CEOs over the course of your career. What do you think are the essential ingredients for a thriving CEO-CHRO relationship? Thanks, Christina. I have definitely learned a lot from all the CEOs that I have worked with. And the first thing I would say is you have to be a business leader first and an HR leader second. And I think that was one of the reasons in my last company at Dell Tech that I worked so well with the CEO. You have to be able to put yourself in their shoes and understand a CEO is accountable to a board of directors and other stakeholders and shareholders for financial results, and also accountable to customers for high quality outcomes. So you really need to understand the business and partner with him or her to drive business outcomes. Secondly, I think trust and mutual respect are key in any great CEO, CHRO relationship. The ability to be curious, to listen to the other person, to be humble, consider a different perspective, um, the ability that each of you can have hard conversations with each other and be candid and respect each other's viewpoints to find the best solution, and then to stand together in partnership taking on people and business challenges and to be able to show that unity and partnership with the rest of the executive team and to all the employees. Because sometimes as a CHRO, you're the only person in the room standing up for employees and advocating for what is right. And you have to have the trust and respect of the CEO if you're going to do that and if you're going to move the organization forward in the right direction. And I think my last point would be, as a CHRO, you have to be fearless in sharing feedback. And sometimes that's really challenging because the CEO doesn't hear the feedback. Everything is filtered by the time it gets there because of their position. So sometimes you have to speak truth to power when no one else is willing to say it. And you have to be confident that you're going to have someone who's going to listen to your opinions and that values you as a sounding board. And even if you have challenging feedback on their own behaviors, or how they're operating, that you can share those insights and you're doing it for the right reasons and that's to put people first and move the company forward. And I think if you're going to be able to share fearless feedback as a CHRO, you have to have a strong value set that guides you, but also your values have to match the organization so that you can guide the CEO, the executive teams and employees every day. 
You know, one of the things we hear a lot about in uh, a wide variety of sectors, Holly, is this whole concept of digital evolution. You know, every business is going through its own sort of digital transformation. Where is Elucian in terms of its digital journey right now? Absolutely. So it's interesting for us because we are a software company that makes products and solutions for colleges and universities around the globe. So not only do we have to internally go through a digital transformation, we're trying to support our customers at colleges and universities to go through their own digital transformation. So we've had to transform all of our products and solutions to cloud and SaaS. And so that's a huge investment in technology and products. And then as we've been implementing those solutions with customers, we found out the hardest part was the change management at the college or university. Well, that's exactly the same inside a company, right? You, we brought all kinds of new systems in that give us data on our mobile devices about customers and exactly how they feel. And there's feedback loops to how we address things. In HR, we implemented a whole new HRS suite and we've been driving our own digital transformation. Um, We've also been leveraging self-service and mobile capabilities so that our employees and managers around the globe can do their jobs anywhere at any time, which is fantastic because we want sales selling, we want our developers innovating, and we want consultants spending time with customers. But it's not just changing a system, it's not just leveraging analytics. You also have to have everybody on board with What are the ultimate problems you're trying to solve? And how do you use data and information to solve those challenges? For example, we had a theory in our company that maybe our remote employees weren't as engaged as folks that were in offices because we have a large remote uh, population around the globe and we're a very diverse um, company. And so we looked, and that was a theory for like two years. And then we've been leveraging our culture amp tool. We've been looking at the data and dissecting it. Well, guess what? It turned out that our remote folks, and especially our employees on college campuses who support customers, are super engaged. (laughs) And so that there was no truth in the anecdote. So, you know, in my mind, in the digital transformation, you have to combine quantitative data and analysis, but you have to bring insights. And the way you bring insights is looking at data and information, but also leveraging qualitative information and really leveraging information from employees to understand what will make their experience better, how can you leverage data to do that, but then how do you also make sure that you're explaining the why behind things and they're part of the change. Make them the ambassadors for why you're changing things and have them help lead it. Fantastic. And kind of moving into, I guess, the next piece of the, the the digital age, you know, the workplace is rapidly changing and needing to be digitally savvy um, is something that's really critical. There's a lot of demographic changes with multiple generations working side by side for the first time. Does Elucian have a specific strategy to really attract and retain the best talent given the situation that we're living in right now? Absolutely. And talent, attraction, retention, engagement is so important because we're a tech company in a super competitive marketplace for tech talent. I think as a company, what we've learned and tried to do over the last two years especially is you need an incredible employment brand and kind of a unique employee value proposition that attracts candidates to your company 
as well as a mission that people are drawn to and believe in. That's really, really critical. Folks at our organization are very passionate about improving student success, improving access to education, and enabling colleges and universities to do that with our systems. That's a big motivator above and beyond a paycheck or, or anything else that might differentiate us. But also, we try and have a learning culture and so we really focus on shared learning, collaborative learning, taking risks, fail fast, learn from that, grow and move forward. And so people are always growing and learning and innovating. But how do candidates know that? So what we try and do right. is tell real life stories about our employees and who they are, how diverse they are, what they're passionate about at work and in their life. We actually call it a Lucian life, it's like <laughs> a hashtag. And so it really enables candidates to get a real picture of what it's like to work at Elucian. And with that picture, they can also see themselves in our company or see themselves partnering with someone they see on a video. And that has really helped us to attract talent. I think the other thing is, what's unique about what you offer? Like, why do people not only come, but why do they stay? And a lot of that is the caliber of the talent in the company and the mission you have. But you also have unique things you can offer. So for us, our folks really care about charitable giving and corporate social responsibility. So we give everyone five days of charitable leave a year, which is wow. a pretty unique benefit. It's amazing. And we also have groups of team members that have gone to places devastated by natural disasters. And it just shows, uh, can you tell the story about how you bring your whole self to work at Elysian? and how you're going to be motivated and challenged and how you're going to grow. And can you see that through the stories that we tell? Just to follow up, where does AI and, you know, different types of technologies fit in, in not only the HR function, but, but broadly within an organization from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. We use all kind of AI. We actually design our solutions that we make for colleges and universities with AI and chatbots mm -hmm. and a lot of the new things that are out there to enable schools to analyze information and interact with students in new ways that they expect right. as digital natives. I think in HR, we've really tried through our new systems to leverage AI, leverage chatbots, make it really easy and simple for people to interact and learn from the information. So serve up insights through the technology that they can le leverage and then make better judgments and better decisions. Um, but I also think with AI and with all the things we offer now, there's a human side that we have to remember. Right. So critical thinking skills and problem solving skills are never going to be replaced. So how you're supporting and developing those, how you're coaching others so they can develop their own skills in that arena is so critical. If I think about recruiting, you know, we use a lot of AI in sourcing and how we do our recruiting processes. And that's so helpful. I mean, it can go through incredible volume. It can really help pinpoint who you're looking for. But at the end of the day, a computer cannot sell a candidate on your company. A human and a variety of humans have to be able to do that. And so I think it's the combination of AI and human capabilities that will make us uber successful as we go forward. That last point certainly resonates with, with me as a recruiter. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, 
in addition to all of these other changes that we're seeing in the marketplace, Holly, you know, the role of the CHRO specifically has been evolving quite a bit over the last few years. What are the most important changes you've seen and and what additional changes do you think we're going to see within human capital? The role of the CHRO has evolved so much since I started. Like today, we're expected to deliver data and insights on talent. I would say the same way a CFO has expected to deliver data and insights on the growth of the business and the business model and how you're going to drive even more success. Um, you have to be a business and a talent strategist at the same time to be an equal partner on the executive team. And really, that's because most organizations are in some form of growth or transformation, and you have to be in the middle of that. I think the speed of change is so fast and continues to accelerate that the role of the CHRO has really become an enabler in organizations for driving continuous change. I read a quote once that it's no more about change management, but now it's about continuous change enablement and change agility. So how are you creating an organizational culture and dynamic that enables leaders and everyone across the company to continuously embrace change, improve their capabilities, drive innovation? I think that's a huge part of our job that probably was not there when I started my career. I also think the CHRO is becoming a more critical advisor to the board. So it used to be you're advising on compensation, you meet with the compensation committee, you talk about what that needs to look like. Now the board wants to talk about all aspects of talent, not even just executive talent. They want to discuss your culture and what that's about. They want to see the data behind what you're doing. Diversity and inclusion is on the agenda at most board conversations now and how you're supporting that. And then succession, but succession is not just the top of the house now. It's about what do your talent pools look like for the future? How are you going to enable growth globally? Um, What you don't want to be is the CHRO whose processes prevent you from scaling or growing a business. And so as boards recognize the importance of culture, the importance of organizational health and the employee experience and what huge assets they are to a business, I would say CHROs are now front and center in the board dialogue and conversations. And that's a new and exciting experience, but also a lot of responsibility and accountability with you and the CEO and the executive team to really deliver against that because the boards recognize the people experience will determine the financial results of the company and the talent is really the only competitive advantage you have anymore. And so that's in the forefront. So that to me is some of the exciting changes that I've seen. And building on that, how have you evolved in in your mind as a business leader, given, again, the change in the CHRO role over the course of your career? Absolutely. So I've definitely evolved from being kind of the HR functional leader who influenced or advised leaders on how to develop talent and create a great culture and evaluate performance, really to an HR leader who in all respects is a business partner first and a full member of that leadership team who's advising on how we're going to achieve our business goals. And also the person who can help partner with the team to bring creative talent solutions to the table. 
you can't just do the practices that we did 15 years ago around performance and compensation. There are so many changing dynamics now that you often have to introduce new ideas and try new things and really test and learn and figure out what works in your company for your culture, for your talent, and then drive that forward. And we, a lot of times, will pilot new programs or ideas with our R&D organization with all our engineers, because if we say we can get our engineers on board and develop a new approach, we can get the whole company on board. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's partnering with them and being a sounding board and bringing in that input and feedback to really have an impact. And it's also, um, I've definitely learned as a CHRO, especially I would say in the last couple years, that not only are you business focused, but you must continuously care about the people and the talent in your company. So mental health has become such a challenge for so many in an organization. There is so much happening with the stressors in the world and continuous change in companies and outside that you have to kind of be the vanguard for doing the right thing and supporting and caring for employees at the same time you're driving business excellence. And so there is so much we can do to help support employees inside and outside of work and focus on the whole person that drives productivity and business performance. And frankly, it drives engagement and drives loyalty and it drives commitment that I think as CHROs, we own that. And it's part of what we have to focus on. And we have to put that on the agenda with our senior leadership teams. Yeah, it's not just about the blocking and tackling. Exactly. (laughs) Well, one of the things that I think is so interesting about your career, Holly, is in addition to working with many CEOs, you've also driven change in a wide variety of, you know, company environments. So that's large public, that's mid-market private, and then private equity backed. How has you know, this smattering of organizations <laughs> kind of influenced your personal development as an HR leader? And is there anything constant across all of those experiences? I actually think there's a lot that's constant mm. across all the experiences. I think the accelerating pace of change has caused it to be more constant <laughs> than you might expect. So Interesting. initially in my career, I would say in Fortune 500, I noticed in HR, you spent a lot of time building a business case for what you wanted to do and then proving out with lots of PowerPoint slides how that would be impactful and with an ROI. <laughs> and then you would move forward with these things. And then as I got into mid-sized companies, you have to do the same thing, but you have to be a little more scrappy and you have to move a little bit faster to results. But what I really discovered in the last, I would say, five to 10 years is no matter if you're in large or small matter if you're public or PE backed, the accelerating pace of change has changed the dynamic about how we all work. And the competitive nature of the talent market has also changed how we all work. So it's really now about how do you embrace change with the size you are and move forward as quickly as possible to be a first market mover, to stave off the competition, to innovate faster than the competition, and the only way you do that with is your approach to talent and your approach to employee engagement and the culture that you create as a company. And so it's really, to me, very similar now, even more similar than it was in the beginning of my career across all these sizes and all these different industries. How do you empower teams of employees to drive change and be impactful and innovate? 
And the only way you do that is through having the top talent that you grow and nurture and develop over time. So one of the other big things that we hear a lot about in in today's marketplace is creating a more diverse and inclusive environment within your organization. What advice do you have for other leaders as they think about how diversity and inclusion efforts can add value to their business? This is a really passion area for me, and I've been very focused on this throughout my career as well as here at Elysian. I mean, diversity, inclusion, and belonging are almost table stakes now to be a successful company and organization, and we've learned so much about teams and how teams operate now. And we all work in a cross-functional world. It's no longer the case where, even for individual contributors, that you're in an organization where you're in a hierarchy and you do the goals of that business unit and that's it. We're all on cross-functional teams. And the best teams are teams that Google, I think, first termed have psychological safety, where you can bring your whole self to work. You can ask a question. You can throw out bold and crazy ideas. You can share candid feedback and engage in really constructive conflict, but the team comes together and comes out with the best solutions and ideas. And we've all been on teams like that. They're the best team to be on. They're the most fun. And the results you deliver are above and beyond anything an individual could have done. If you don't have a strong, diverse team, but also a team where employees can bring their unique voice to the table in a compelling way, you won't drive the best solutions. And that's why diversity and inclusion and belonging is so critical every day for how we work. Um, The best businesses that have teams that are diverse but also act in this way, where you bring your whole self to the table and you challenge each other, and then you really come out with the best solutions, have the greatest business results. And also, If you don't have that diversity of thought and idea, then you can't really expect to mirror what your customers expect and how they look and think and how they want to operate differently as they go forward. I know in higher education, our customers are very diverse, and they're very focused on bringing in diverse student populations. And when I first arrived, I was the only female on the executive team. And I said, how does this possibly work, right? And I talked to some of the teams and folks, and like, it's a big challenge with our customers. So we put lean in circles in place on teams of women that come together all over the world. We just started one in Dubai, which I am so excited about and never thought that would be a possibility. And so it's really bringing the full contribution that everyone can share in a company to these teams and having that influence and impact on your customers, on your businesses, and on your communities. And so that's the way I would look at it from a CHRO. There's so much more than the statistics around diversity. It's about how you operate every day in every single interaction on teams to make you successful as a business. Well, Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us today. We really appreciate you uh, joining us. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.